0: What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Pick 6 Podcast, CBS Sports Daily NFL Podcast. I'm Will Brinson. I'm your host. It's Friday, July 24th, and we are going to talk about the Washington football team. If you want to watch us talk about it, you can do so on YouTube, youtube.com slash pick6. Uh, it's an, uh, Even if you don't want to watch us, just go ahead and go there and subscribe. It's very simple. You type in that address, pick6, and then you go there, hit the subscribe button, you'll automatically be subscribed. And then you might, I don't know if you get alerts or whatever, do it on your phone. Do it, just search, you know, sign up and subscribe. We get a pizza party. A notification with,
1: to let you know when new episodes yeah,
0: yeah, if you want to watch it, that'd be great. You can turn off notifications if you want. What we're saying is just subscribe because, frankly, we need this pizza party. Hmm. We're in a race, a life, a cheese or pepperoni race against David Sampson.
2: Wait, time out. I didn't hear about any pizza party. What? What? what, what?
0: Yep. That's right. I love
2: pizza. What do I need the to individual do? Individual
0: deep dish pizza hut pan pizza party at our own houses. We're going to ver- have a virtual pizza party if we take down Samson and Wilson. So we Wilson. need to do Ryan Wilson? No. Uh it, it turns out that you're not the only Wilson in the podcasting, the CBS podcasting world. David Wilson has a volleyball named Wilson, oh,
2: that he, my, Wilson that
0: he messes with. Because and he actually is shaving his uh his beard. He shaved, Shaved, I guess, yesterday his beard because um, baseball is back.
2: Does Wilson the volleyball have more hair than our Wilson?
1: He does. That's True. That's a Not nice, but true. Um, <laughs> the volleyball, by the way, is also taller than Breach, so here we are.
0: Oh! oh. Whoa. oh. What a big jam! <laughs> we'll get some more Dickie V later on, I'm sure. First, got to talk about the Washington And obviously, Ryan Wilson and John Breach joining me. we got to talk about the Washington football team. That is not me refusing to say our skins. That is simply the new name of the Washington Redskins. The Redskins out? Washington football team in? I don't know if it's the dumbest thing or smartest thing of the week. I have a
1: theory. Sure. So uh, on Thursday, I think Thursday morning, uh, around noontime, Eastern time, uh, the Seattle Kraken released their, their name of the in, new NHL team that's coming next year on Twitter. And then literally like five seconds later, Washington announces they're going to be called the Washington football team. This is my theory. The Washington football team wanted to call themselves the Kraken and they were too late to hit the Twitter <laughs> to get it on Twitter. So they're scrambling. We need a name. What are we going to call it? we got to put out this press release. Uh, football team. Let's see what happens with that. So they released Washington football team and everyone's like, Really? Took you ten days to come up with that. All right. So here's my theory. The
0: R skins found out that the Washington Post was going to drop the sexual harassment investigatory piece. That it did drop uh, last Thursday. They found out that that was happening over the weekend. Not not this. uh, So today's Friday, July 24th. They
1: found Uh, out. What? Like nine days ago, they found out.
0: Right. Exactly. So on Monday, despite not having any actual plan, cause see, I think Dan Snyder was going to do, we're going to do our due diligence and they're going to play the 2020 season as the Washington Redskins and then just see where the heat was, check the pulse of everybody, uh, when they got, after the season was over, you know, I mean, you never know. These things die. Sometimes the issues die down and people aren't hot and bothered about the Redskins name. So I think there was a chance they thought that could happen. However, when the sexual harassment, when they got word of that, they're like, all right, look, you know what? We were kind of laying on the fence about it. Let's just announce we're changing the name, and it'll throw them off the scent of this, like, bombshell investigatory piece. So on Monday – yes, Ryan? Why not have a
1: plan as to what you're going to call the team? You do know what team we're talking about, right? The Washington football team. Yeah.
2: Yeah. So you're asking, why I think Brinson why is why saying that the organization is in such disarray that that right. is literally not an option. That yes. would never, them planning that far ahead is not, uh, is exactly. not a choice.
0: And it is totally in the realm of possibility that a professional football team, because they do this all the time. The NFL does this all the time. They're like, let's, it's like, you're trying, like they fired two guys on a Saturday and then on Monday they dropped the news to cover up the name thing. It didn't, it worked out okay. Um, and by the way, JLC thinks there's a non zero percent chance that, all those crazy things that were being leaked out about what might be in the report might have come from a team that or somebody that was working with the Redskins, which is kind of insane to think about. But then they realized, okay, we said we're going to change it. Um, we don't know what we're going to do, and they're like, what, "What? I mean, what the hell do we call this?" I want the crack. And then Ron well. Rivera spies his old boss David Tepper releasing, calling the Charlotte New Charlotte. Soccer team, the Charlotte FC, which is just the Charlotte football club. It's the same thing. Soccer teams do this all the time, but a football team has never done it. And so now the redskins are like, well, we don't, we can't find these names. We don't have painting. We don't be the pig skins. We don't be the red tails, the red wolves. Maybe they will, but they're just like, you know what? Let's just go with this and we'll figure it out as we get down the road because it's almost impossible. It's, it's doable to take all the our skins off of all your signage and all that. You can probably get that done before the season. It's almost impossible to, to get entirely new signage and new uniforms and all this stuff made up. You have to approve it. So many different levels of bureaucracy through the NFL. You have to work with Nike to get all the stuff done for the uniforms. Um, you know, you got to have meetings with PR teams. You have to have multiple VP meetings, all this. I mean, there will be so many meetings, just tremendous meetings, that it's just easier just to call yourselves the Washington football team and play the season and figure it out.
2: Um, I will say, after hearing both of your theories, I like Ryan's theory better, but I think that Brinson's theory makes more sense. I never thought a Brinson theory would make sense about anything, because I actually wouldn't be surprised if something like that happened. Because, look, they announced on July 13th that the name was being retired. Uh, if you knew you weren't going to have a name, then you just announced then, that, hey, we're going to be the Washington football team. Why on God's green earth, would you wait 11 days to make an announcement that you're not going to have a name when you already announced that you're not going to have a name? That makes no sense. And so I don't think it's that crazy to think that they got wind of this report from the Washington Post. Uh, so you start the week by saying, all right, we're, we're retiring the name. Boom. Now you've stole it. Everything is surrounding that. And then the Post story comes out. Now you're getting the blowback from that. You wait a few days for that to pass over. And then now... You announced that you're not in fact changing your, or your retirement name, but you're just going with no name. And then that's what people are talking about. Uh, yeah, it's believable, Brinson. It is absolutely okay, believable. Yeah. And, uh, I do wish they would have been called the Krakens because they're a bunch of crackheads. No, I'm just kidding. They're not.
0: Now, interestingly <laughs> I don't, I don't enough, by the way, on July 13th, 2020, you mentioned that date. Um, I like to dig through the trademark office for some weird reason. A uh, individual named Leo Stoller based out of Illinois. Applied for a trademark of Washington Redskins to use on, uh, t-shirts, sweatpants, pants, leggings, shorts, jackets. You almost wonder if this guy might come through and do a, um, start producing Washington Redskins memorabilia.
1: Yeah. But I mean, you can go to any football game and and walk around like outside the stadium and find illegal merchandise. So, I mean, this guy might jump to some ho- jump through some hoops, but. How much money is you have to spend to to get all the the bootleggers um, from selling that.
2: But why wouldn't the Redskins just keep the trademark because it's their history and people still are gonna own that merchandise, so it would make sense for them to hold on to it because so that someone like that isn't sitting outside their stadium on the corner, so like bootlegged Washington Redskins merchandise. So I don't know. I don't think I don't think that guy is gonna win his trademark case. I'm not a trademark Um, expert. I do not think he's going to.
0: Somebody change. in, uh, in um, Noah Moffat in Trafalgar or Norfolk, Virginia, has applied for the Washington Firefighters. Okay. Why are these guys spending this money to apply for this? I don't, I don't get it. Valvator one... Duraco in West Harrison, New York, applied for the Washington Red Fins.:
1: I don't know what that means. But, but they're,
2: they're, You're oh. literally bearing the lead here. Did anyone apply for Washington Kraken or not?
1: Oh, no, that's a good question. But Washington hard shells to to Brenton's original ahead. breaking news story on July thirteenth. I guess when it was when he found out that the the one fellow that had trademarked thirty something names, who said subsequently that he'd be willing to to give those names for free to the Washington football team, um, and he said he'd never heard back from the Washington football team. I don't know what's come of that in terms of any sort of re- resolution, whether he was telling the truth or not. But um, Brenton, you mentioned the soccer teams.
0: <laughs> oh, 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 wait, wait, wait. I got one more. I
1: got to give you. Can you wait uh, a seconds? Let me say this real quick. Sure. So The Washington football team, you mentioned Charlotte FC. I would have loved this name more if it was the Washington FC, Washington Football Club. Yes. Number two, just because I like the name, but number two, as it stands, it's WFT, which is going to – you're going to see it on Twitter all the time. You've already seen it. It's going to be WTF, WFT. You're going to be already bored of it by the time you hear this podcast and just expect to hear that for the next six months.
0: My promise to you all is, is that it? I will not make – all right. Any WFT jokes? Uh By the way, this one is this one might be my favorite. So, a man named Reginald Cox, out of Richmond, that, Virginia. That sounds
2: that's a made up name. There's no one named Reginald Cox.
0: Applied for the trademark for Washington All Skins. You All right. see, not and and in in the goods and services like most people put for usage of promotion of. Uh, Material related to a football team selling. He wrote, "I'm attempting to trademark a name with the intention of using it or selling it later."
2: (laughs) You just don't see that very much.
0: I respect Reginald's uh, Reginald's willingness to be uh, open open about it.
2: You know what we should have done as the Pick Six podcast is we should have trademarked some Washington names and then uh, hopefully be one they pick and then they have to deal with us and we tell them they have to come on the podcast uh, before we give it up. We didn't. Maybe we should do the Washington Kraken. Oh, let's do it. Get it up, Princeton. You're you're the trademark guy. Call uh, your guy.
1: What was the other one you liked? The panda bears. What was that other one you liked, Bruce? The,
2: the, re, the red pandas.
1: The red pandas.
2: Have you ever seen a red panda? They're the most yeah. They're, they're a glamorous animal.
1: There's one at the Syracuse Zoo. If you want to come check it out, and I'll show you where it is.
2: I mean, there's one in Nashville. Why would I go all the way to Syracuse?
1: Yeah, you know? i can see one, so I wanted to make sure you got the to experience what I got to experience.
2: I didn't see
0: the Kraken the Seattle Kraken in, in here.
1: Oh, you better uh, scoop it up.
2: Let's see. I mean, on that sure. Brinson, you, you're going to be a billionaire by the time this podcast is over. So you get that now. It's not Seattle
0: Kraken hasn't been trademarked.
1: K R A K E N, right?
2: Yeah,
0: that is wild,
1: man. Well,
0: I'm telling you, I look. Can you just fly it and and get it?
1: No one else has it. You can. <laughs> nice, man, uh, I've been you know, all this time on the trademark site, U.S. What's it called? What's the name? USTSR? What is it? Yeah, I spent a lot, way too much time on there. It's ridiculous.
2: I do love that, uh, the red, part of the Washington announcement is that they are going to ask players and sponsors, uh, to give them input on what the team name should be. Uh, I wonder how that's going to go.
1: You know what that means. That means they're not going to, they're going to give 0% weight to, uh, sponsors and fans or whomever. And uh,
2: that- or if Pepsi's like, we'll write you a one billion dollar check. They're going to be called the Washington Pepsis because that's all. <laughs> That's what Dan Snyder wants. He just wants a giant page, giant check.
0: I, I'm sure they'll find a way to screw it up. That, that much I am confident about. <laughs> Do you think uh,
2: it'll be better or worse than the Kraken?
0: Mm, better. I, I wouldn't mind if they went Washington football club.
2: I, like yeah, I don't like that. I don't like it. I think that's a soccer thing and I don't think you should steal. You know, I, I actually like Washington football team better just cause it's slightly different than putting you know the football club at the end like let that's what soccer teams around the world do let them have their thing football nfl doesn't need to steal that
0: they also haven't trademarked washington football team
1: how do you cheer like how do you say go you say go washington football team is that one of the cheers you do
2: but you know what does work go red pandas and (laughs) httr still works works? the red pandas
0: I mentioned uh, my pal. I think I already told this. Uh, Zeke, my buddy, thinks Washington pigskins should be what they go with. Washington what? Pigskins.
2: All right, let's take a poll between Wilson and Debo. What's better, red pandas or pigskins? Red pandas. Thank you.
0: Debo, get off your conference call and focus on your job already.
1: <laughs> just Can so we're
0: clear, clear, Debo.
1: Just so we're clear, was. You,
0: Debo? What are you doing?
1: Brentson was thirty minutes late to record this podcast.
0: I was fourteen minutes late. I apologize for my tardiness to this podcast, Ryan. That was – it was not on purpose, but it was in – it was was rude and uh, did not display the amount of respect that I should show to my fellow coworkers.
1: There you go. Now we're getting somewhere.
0: You accept my apology.
2: We need to cut that, and I need to press a button so every time Brinson owes us an apology, we got it right there because that was generic. I'm sorry. It will cover everything.
1: No, I thought you were going to play that. Yeah, thank you. But to- he
2: was talking,
0: but he's not talking to us. He's on a conference call, I think. Okay. By the way, uh, speaking of uh, milestones, I'd like to announce that for the seventeenth uh, consecutive week, I have skipped the Pick Six podcast conference call.
1: Yeah, we heard about that too before you came on air. You're supposed to. You said you were going to make it this week, and something magically happened where you couldn't make it.
0: In my defense, yeah, here we go. This week, my mom texted. We were supposed to do story time with my son on Facetime with my mother and my, my mom FaceTime to read a book to Robbie. Uh, and she asked if we could move it back to one 30. And then I, I was like, yeah, of course. And yeah, you know, mm-hmm. stuff happened. So,
2: and then yeah. one thing led to another
0: yada, yada, yada. I care more about my mom than uh, any of our, the people on that podcast call.
2: I care about this red panda that's missing from the Columbus zoo. That's sad. That is sad breach. Thanks
1: All right. What it. are we talking about today?
0: Okay. So <laughs> t- today's podcast the Redskins. Excuse me. How many? I mean, I'm not, I'm gonna have trouble with it. It's gonna be way worse than San Diego, Los Angeles, or Oakland, Las Vegas. I
2: think. we need to all have a bottle of crack and rum next to our computer, and anytime anyone says Redskins, shoop, you got to take we, a sip. Should we be drinking right now? No, uh, we shouldn't. But to punish our, punish ourselves. I use bunny quotes. If you're not watching uh, on YouTube, which you should be,
1: uh, wait, wait, wait. Do you
0: know, air quotes, bunny quotes. That's I mean, a,
1: these no. are bunny quotes. This guy, where, this guy is clearly from another planet. Everything, every fifth word out of his mouth is so weird. We have to stop him and get the derivation of where he goes. Bunny, what are you talking about? You
0: I mean, I see that they have bunny like,
2: It's like a little bunny fae situation situation.
1: I learned yeah. bunny quotes from Tyron Mathiao. All right.
2: Got it. Tyron Mathiao. I, you-
1: <laughs> I even said it wrong. Uh,
2: yeah. Anyway, we should punish ourselves by taking Drinking the
1: crack and rum. All right. All right. Punish ourselves.
2: Punish
0: ourselves <laughs> by getting drunk. So the, the Washington football team, uh, lacks a lot, lacks almost any continuity. Uh, not only are they replacing their name,
1: their uniforms look awesome. I love the helmet and the decal. I think that looks good.
0: Cool. I agree. Uh, they are changing their name. They got a new head coach. They fired everybody in the front office. Fired the the the, the long time announcer. He retired, which is cowardly to let him out that way. Fired. They hired uh, Julie Donaldson for NBC to to run their content. Everything about Washington's football team has changed.
2: And they changed their Twitter handle. I think at Redskins is available if someone wants to go snag it and uh, you know,
1: they they some crazy stuff. At Washington NFL now, but they didn't, they, the logo remained the same for part of Thursday. They finally changed the logo from the old logo on the side of the helmet. Why,
0: why would we not go ahead and get at Redskins?
2: Sign up. I don't have enough email addresses. I use them all for my burner Twitter accounts.
1: I don't know if you can get like former sort of like Gmail. Once you have a Gmail account, you can't, someone can't pick it up if it's deleted or whatever.
0: Oh, you can't. If somebody drops it, I mean, I'm going to try and grab it. Should I do that live on the air?
1: What are you going to do? What are we gonna do with it? Sell it to the guy who just trademarked the name?
0: Yeah.
1: There you go. Let's
0: log out. Let's see.
1: <laughs>
0: log out. Uh, yes, I want to log out Twitter. All right. Y'all discuss the possibility of this. No, don't do
2: that. I right, see. Okay, so Brinson is gonna try and get at Redskins. Is that is that what's happening right now? Never. Live Never. on the podcast? Right. Uh, we're gonna be my name is gonna be Bob Blah Blah.
1: Well look, you you do that quietly. Breach and I will get started with what we're supposed to be talking about today.
2: Yeah, this has already gone off the rails.
1: Yeah, we, we had a hard out, in an hour from now, that clearly isn't happening. <laughs> oh, so, uh, breach! I'll ask you first. We're going to uh, talk. Oh, by the way, can I just tell you something?
2: <laughs> Go ahead. I hope you're watching on YouTube, everyone. The eye roll from Wilson. Well, just
0: so breach. I don't know if you know this, <laughs> but there's a trick that you can do in with Gmail that some people don't know about. It's kind of a fascinating trick. So let's. Like, and by the way. This is a good time to expose Breach's email address, which is JohnnyBBad18 at Gmail. Oh, I probably shouldn't
2: tell everybody your Gmail. Sorry. It's Um, on Twitter, isn't it? It's on my Twitter account. It's, it's, it's part of the public record.
0: But so with any Gmail account, you can take a period, right? And you can put it in like, you can put as many as you want in the at, before the at. So like mine is willbrinson at gmail.com. But if you send an email to will.brinson at gmail.com, I'll still get it. You can also do w period ILL period Brinson at gmail.com. Like you can add as many periods as you want. So you can utilize that to create more Twitter accounts if you need to find something without actually creating a whole new email address.
2: That is, uh, interesting. It is, isn't it?
1: I was going to go with useless, but okay.
2: Well, I mean, that's useful to the fans out there who are going to steal. Brinson's email address and make their name will.brinson at Gmail to uh, um, catfish people. So you can't do that. So Gmail thought of that. So no Brinson catfish cases out there, which is too bad.
0: Track where you're seed sure, whatever. See.
2: I was going to start will.brinson at Gmail and write a ransom letter for that red panda that's missing from the Columbus Zoo.
1: Subreach. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, let's do it.
1: <laughs> let's do it, why, Brinson. Futorly chases end <laughs> He
2: tries to get at Redskins. It's happening.
1: Um, so there's going to be a football season, it sounds like. And uh, You told me off air. I don't know if you want to repeat it. How certain you are there's going to be a football season?
2: I'm at 85%. I was down to what I I think I bottomed out at 60. I've been above 50 the whole off season. Okay. But I'm up to 85 now. I'm up yep. to 85.
1: So uh, assuming there's a football season and it looks anything, resembles anything like we've seen previously, what team do you feel best about in terms of, continuity from 2019 to 2020 and uh either improving on or replicating what we saw last season
2: see I think that continuity is something we don't usually talk about during an offseason but obviously this offseason it's huge because you want to bring back experienced players the more starters you're bringing back the better because there were no OTAs there was no Mini camp. There was no chance during the spring. You know, none of these guys that got drafted in April, they have not stepped on a football field with their new team yet. We don't know if they even know the playbook. There's not going to be preseason games for us to know if they know the playbook. So it's pretty much every man for themselves right now. We don't know how teams are going to look in week one. So continuity is absolutely huge this year. Uh, and my team that I think is going to benefit the most from this weird offseason is the New Orleans Saints. I think they got close, they've gotten close to the Super Bowl for really the past three years and you look at how confident Sean Payton is in his system and this is one thing that really struck me when it happened. Back on April 22nd, Sean Payton said, everything's canceled. We're not doing OTAs. We're not doing minicamp. I'll see you guys in July. That is how confident Sean Payton was that, hey, my team already knows everything they have to do. I've got uh, nearly all my starters back you're replacing maybe one guy in the offensive line you're adding Emmanuel Sanders and so he's saying I'm not even worried about practice and to put that in perspective the NFL didn't officially cancel uh, mini camps until June 12th so literally a month and a half before that Sean Payton had already decided we're in good shape I'm not even going to worry about this I'll see these guys at training camp and so You look at Drew Brees. Drew Brees could run that offense blindfold. It literally doesn't matter at all that there's not going to be preseason games. Drew Brees doesn't need a preseason. If anything, it's going to work out in his favor because he's Ryan's age. He can barely function for a preseason game. He doesn't want to be out there. He wants to be playing in the regular season. He doesn't want to be wasting, you know, what the snaps he has left on a preseason game. And then you just look at the continuity they have on the coaching staff. You have the same offensive coordinator who's been there nearly Sean Payton's entire tenure, uh, Pete Carmichael and the, and the same defense coordinator for the past six years. So this is a team that I think is going to be nearly unstoppable on offense because there's just the, the chemistry is already there. They don't have to fix anything. And then on defense, I think they're going to be surprisingly good. So I, I think the saints are one of the teams that are going to benefit tremendously from this crazy, crazy, crazy coronavirus offseason
1: so they let Ted Ginn walk replace him with Manny Sanders I think everybody anywhere would agree that that was an upgrade Uh,
0: different players but I think in terms of uh if you're looking at like worried about consistency Manny Sanders way more likely to fit in uh, yeah uh, Yeah, yeah that's right
1: exactly yeah different but I mean who would you rather have Ted Ginn at the end of the day let me ask you this Sean and or, uh, Sean.
2: Oh my God. Or I knew that was going to happen at some point.
1: <laughs> I know. It's like, uh, that's what you get for making the I sound
2: like Sean and now you're calling me Sean.
1: Bunny quotes. Um,
2: can we get Wilson the volleyball on the next podcast? I feel like he'd get my name right. <laughs>
1: uh, maybe this is silly, but I want <laughs> <don't know. laughs> How, uh, how important RE continuity is it? That Drew Brees sort of did an about face uh, after his original comments because I feel like if some like, we of that it could be they could be a deep doo doo because we were like, well, will Drew Brees retire now that everything's blown up in his face? And then you know he came out and said some things and he actually did some things and, he, and it seems like everyone's on the same page now.
2: Oh well, it's so funny. This offseason has been so nuts that feels like it was four months ago and that was literally like six weeks ago. And so I do think that at the time it felt serious, but I think Breeze came out. He talked to his teammates right away, and I do feel like that's water under the bridge. And and you know what? Those guys have been in the same locker room with Drew Breeze for so long. They know his personality. They got the apology I think they wanted, and so I don't think that is going to affect team chemistry. If he had not done something within that first 24 hours, I think it would have been an issue, but I do not think that is going to bother anyone in that locker room.
0: Yeah, I think the way that he handled it, if anything, it might actually galvanize them a little bit. And yes, I would say too, without irritating listeners, that there's enough stuff going on outside of professional football and the New Orleans Saints that maybe he won't even get that many questions about it. Like, there's no, enough no. great, you know. Like, I thought at the time that he was going to get grilled when camp started. I don't even know that he. I mean, it's all there are not going to be reporters. There's going to be some reporters there for training camp, but it's just going to be hard to like.
1: Well, the thing is, he has he can say this is what I've done, and every one of his teammates who was concerned will have his back. And Demario Davis came out pretty quickly, said he had his back. Michael Thomas said they spoke afterwards. Yeah. And you know, your actions speak louder than words. You know, to you tell your grandparents, you to tell you all that stuff. He he's actually done stuff. So, does anyone think? I actually agree with the Breach, but Princeton, do you think that the uh, the Saints are winning the division? I mean, no one's talking about the Buccaneers right now.
0: I think that I think it gets really interesting from a consistency standpoint if the Saints are able to start hot, and they haven't started hot under Sean Payton and Drew Brees at all. Like, they usually stink in September. Will they be able to start hot because they have the consistency? Will the Bucks often sort of struggle? Remember when Peyton Manning, and I bet part of that is his neck surgery, but um, when he went to Denver, he was not, like, they were not on fire out of the gates in 2012. Yeah, you know, it's second half of 2012, like it took about a month to really get it rolling. And so, and that was in the, you know, the last CBA too. So you had restricted timelines for workouts. I just wonder if the, the Bucs might be a little rusty coming out of the gate on offense. And if that's the case, do they have to play catch up to the Saints if the Saints consistency allows them to play well early? And or, you know, do we end up playing 12 games this season because certain weeks have to be canceled because of the coronavirus? And if that's the case, then that hot start is even more important. So, yeah, I would I would say the Saints would be the favorites for me to win the division.
2: I, I will say real quick, Brinson, that uh although the Saints have a reputation of getting off to a slow start, because they did in twenty sixteen and twenty seventeen, they started 0 and two both years. Uh the last two years they've actually done really well. They've started at least seven and one in both twenty eighteen
0: well, and no the first four the first like three weeks of the season.
2: Right. I'm saying they started seven and one in last year and ten and one the year before that. But the first three weeks, they were bad, I think, in 2015, 16, 17. So there was that. But they've kind of figured whatever kinks they had to work out, whatever rust they had to work off, they figured it out because they've done better the last two seasons.
0: Yeah, well, and you remember last season, of course, they snuck by the Texans in week one. And then they lost the Rams on the road when Drew Brees hurt his finger. And then you famously proclaimed there was no chance they would go into Seattle and win. And they went into Seattle and won. (laughs)
2: Up and away. Where, where's my dunk button? You just said they always get off to a bad start, and I politely told you you were wrong, and I didn't hear the dunk button played Well, seven and one's not a bad start. Will. The year
0: before, in two thousand eighteen,
2: they started and, ten and one.
0: No, I'm not talking about the first eleven weeks of the season, Breach. I'm talking about the fact that they they lose at home to Tampa Bay in week one. Then they almost they should have lost to Cleveland. The Browns they won twenty one to eighteen at home and then they had to go and beat the Falcons in overtime to win in week three. They just haven't looked sharp. They haven't dominated teams in the first month of the season. Their record against the spread is horrific. So, uh, really, Breach, shut your mouth.
1: No point. Um, I feel like Breach dunked on you on that one, but okay. All right, go ahead. Who's your team? <laughs> All right, uh, my team. I'm picking up my Roadcaster today, Breach. So uh, you will have. Just we'll have a line, open line of communication. If you
2: ever want to dunk on Will, I'm gonna have a personal. You have to chat. Like you with have to. Diva. Yeah, you're
0: slack diva. I don't know that we need four people with audio drops.
1: <laughs> I don't know. If we Need one person specifically with audio. Drops.
0: <laughs> I think we'd probably be better off if we got rid of me <laughs> with audio drops. All right, who's your team? Um. So my team is actually a team that I think you could argue doesn't have consistency at a key position, it's the Indianapolis Colts who uh, are in a division that I think is fairly easy. The Texans lost DeAndre Hopkins. The Titans, uh, you know, had brought back uh,
1: Derrick Henry. And, lost DeAndre Hopkins and kept Bill O'Brien. I forgot that
0: kept Bill O'Brien, that's right, as GM. Um, and the Colts, of course, the big move this offseason was signing Phillip Rivers. Now you might think that having a new quarterback uh, destroys your consistency, and I've argued that, but the key here for me, and and it's in the notes here. Frank Wright, third year as the head coach, a man that that uh, Breach likes to name drop almost every podcast, Nick Sirianni, third year as the offensive coordinator, and those two guys are important because both of them worked with Philip Rivers in San Diego when they were the San Diego Chargers, and Rivers was playing well in that system. So I think that the consistency factor for the quarterback position in Indianapolis will be a lot less because – of Rivers' familiarity with that system. I think that's a huge plus. Like, go back to Tampa Bay. Tom Brady and and Bruce Arians are adjusting what they do to fit each other. And I think it'll work out fine, but I do think there'll be some hiccups because you're talking about a guy in Brady who's been running the same system for like 25 years or 20 years in New- in New England and Arians has been running his system forever and so they're having to change things to get on the same page whereas you know Philip Rivers is rolling in and will be able to operate right and Siriani's system fairly easily. I don't think it'll be too tough for him to get on the same page as a guy like TY Hilton. And additionally, I think this is a Colts team that is going to want to run the heck out of the ball the offensive line is the same. It is stacked. It's probably probably the best offensive uh, Saints are the best offensive line in football, but the Colts are, are probably second if not, you know, in, in at least in that top tier. So to me, the ability to have a consistent offensive line and a quarterback who is new but knows the system uh sort of pushes you past maybe some of the teams with consistency and lesser players.
1: Plus, Michael Pittman, they got Jonathan Taylor both in the second round. They traded for DeForest Buckner on the other side of the ball. I think they're, they're, I mean, it's no secret. They're the favorite to win that division. And I think you can have continuity with a veteran quarterback coming over. So uh, the quarterback situation is, in my mind, vastly improved, even though Philip Rivers played like crap last year. But a large part of that had to do with the fact that he had uh, a millisecond to throw and the offensive line was terrible in, in for the LA Chargers.
2: Yeah. And I'll just say that you bring in Rivers. I really think because of the Chiefs and the Ravens, the Colts have been kind of overlooked as far as a team that could maybe be a dark horse contender to win the AFC this year because, you know, you mentioned everything with Rivers and you look at 2019, they went seven to nine, but five of those losses were by one score. I think Adam Venateri single-handedly lost them at least two games. So you give them those games. All of a sudden they're nine and seven or give them a kicker who's not injured. You know, Vinatieri probably shouldn't have been playing because he was so banged up, and Chase McLaughlin's been good. Maybe Rodrigo Blankenship and his rec specs, maybe he ends up being the kicker. Uh, but you obviously have to get better at that position. That will be important for the Colts because they play in so many close games. And we know we've talked about Philip Rivers is the king of close games. Every Sunday at 4 p.m., you turn on TV, you know Philip Rivers is gonna have the ball with one minute left, uh, trying to win a game. And so I think that's it. You upgrade a quarterback, you upgrade a kicker, and I think that's enough for the Colts to pick up three or four wins, putting them at like 10 and 6, 11 and 5. Uh, so I, I think that this is a team that could potentially win the AFC.
0: So, for instance, if you're for this is my personal preference. and I get that I'm a Rivers homer, but I really do feel this way. You are. The Titans brought a bunch of pieces back, and the Titans have the offense but like What's, what is more concerning for you, losing Jack Conklin and Dean Pease, the defensive coordinator for the Titans, or like, or like swapping quarterbacks for the Colts? Cause to me, the Colts situation is more consistent than the Titans situation.
1: My biggest concern isn't Dean Pease, cause actually I think Breach mentioned this last week on the pod, that Mike Vrabel could probably handle some of those duties and I'll be fine. Yep. Jack Conklin's a, obviously a huge loss. They drafted Isaiah Wilson, uh, the right guard, right tackle to, to hopefully fill in. We'll see if he can. My biggest concern, what will Ryan Tannehill look like in year two when he knows he's the man? And what will Derek Henry look like now that he's on this new deal after carrying the ball a million times last year and literally dragging that team through the playoffs?
2: Yeah, I mean, that's fair. But I would say that if I'm a team that is, you know, none of these teams, none of these NFL teams have practiced in the past six months – uh, and if I had to pick any offense to just kind of go in and seamlessly expect it to be good starting week one, I would want an offense like the Titans. I want an offense that pounds the ball, you know, because you have to get in sync throwing the ball. And Phillip Rivers may adjust this Colts offense quickly, but he still has to get on the same page as T.Y. Hilton. Uh, yeah, and, and these other guys, and Paris Campbell, and these other guys in that offense. So, But Tannehill's not going to have to do that. And even if he did, boom, you just give Derrick Henry the ball a little bit more than you're used to. Uh, so I think the Colts probably are in better shape, like you said, Brinson, but I, I don't, I'm, like, I'm not down on the Titans.
0: Uh, are there any other teams we're sleeping on from a consistency standpoint? Uh, the Bears had, uh, I, the Packers? Are we sleeping on the Packers? Ryan,
2: Ryan didn't mention his team.
1: And, I, his and
2: team. I would say real quick, I think we all, without talking about it, agreed to eliminate the Chiefs, because they're bringing back 20 yeah. to 22 starters. That's the obvious answer. Uh, yeah,
1: Ravens, I mean, those are, yeah, go ahead. No, you're right. I didn't
0: want to say the Chiefs or Ravens. I, I I think I sent mine in. Ryan sent his in first, and then I didn't want to take the Chiefs or Ravens. You know, it may be that we forgot that Sean isn't on this podcast.
1: He would take he them.
2: He would have taken the Chiefs. And like, he, well. he would have emailed one minute after Debo sent it out and said, I got the Chiefs. I got the Chiefs.
0: It would be like, Sean, everybody would have taken the Chiefs. Don't be a loser. He'd be like, well, the reality is, is that the Chiefs are the most consistent when you look at the number of starters that come across. So I think it's only fair to say that Patrick Mahomes is the greatest quarterback in the history of football.
1: Yeah, Chiefs or Ravens, taking that that is given because those are two of the best teams in football.
0: We probably should have said that off the top. We were trying to not, like, the Ravens... I mean, with the Ravens and the Chiefs, like everything is the same. I mean, they didn't lose anybody, really. So we don't want to belay – we don't want to just
1: – Marshall Yanda, and they do have to replace him, but everyone else is there. And the, the team actually, you could argue, is better at just about every other position except the quarterback because Lamar Jackson's back.
0: Yeah. Um. So we didn't want to force that. Ryan, who is your team?
1: You won't believe it, but the Pittsburgh Steelers. Homer. Everyone's back except Javon Hargrave who went to Debo's Eagles where I think you will have a, a – Fantastic season. It all comes down to Ben Rothenberger. I'm a broken record on this. If his elbow's good, they're an 11 win team. If his elbow's bad, they probably won't win eight games this year, even though they did it last year with, uh, Mason Hodges. So, uh, Debo had some notes. Mike Collins entering year 14. Randy Fickner, their OC, is entering year three. Keith Butler, the DC, is year six. Fans aren't crazy about Fickner and Butler, if we're being honest, but it's hard to argue with what that defense did last year once they got, um, Minka Fitzpatrick. Um, and they lost Ramon Foster. He retired along the offensive line. So they have to replace, uh, the guard. I think they're going to kick, Matt Filer inside and have a, a battle for the right tackle position. But I'm hard pressed to, to think that this team, if Roethlisberger is 85% of what we've seen, doesn't at least get the seventh spot.
0: I thank God, somebody mentioned the Ravens and the chiefs thing that we talked about. We would sound so stupid. If we did this, <laughs> we're, we're not seeing, mentioning them. Didn't even mention the Ravens. Like any teams are sleeping on. Nope. All right. That's got to break. Uh, I think the Steelers are a, a, a good example. The one thing I would – all right, so what's more concerning to you,
1: Roethlisberger or Rivers, just to make a comparison to two guys from before?
2: I would say Roethlisberger. If Rivers
1: had signed with the Steelers, I would feel even better just because there's no injury history.
0: Yeah, Sure. I just We just don't know how Roethlisberger is going to come back. And it's, it's, it's exacerbated by the fact that this is such a weird offseason. Now, maybe we get into training camp and these guys get in these bubbles and – you know, we're seeing clips of Roethl- Roethlisberger slinging the ball, and that's a whole different ball game. But there is a little trepidation for me with the Steelers because they de- – like, why did – go get – I mean, go get James Winston or – Marcus Mariota, that's who I wanted. Andy Dalton, Marcus Mariota, any of those guys.
2: Andy Dalton. But I will say the one thing in the Steelers' advantage, I do feel like they open up with two games that their defense can kind of win on its own without Roethlisberger. As they go to Giants, play Monday night. You know, the Steelers led – The NFL in sacks last year, I think, Steelers' defense. And uh, Daniel Jones loves to take a sack, loves to fumble the ball. That's a recipe for disaster. And then they played the Broncos. Drew Locke, yeah, Drew Locke had a good last season, but he did not play a great defense in those five starts. He played five teams that combined to go 23 – or his four wins were against four teams that combined to go 23, 40, and one, and the Steelers have a good defense. They might be able to uh...
0: Uh, – Getting two second-year quarterbacks in a pandemic offseason to start the the year –
2: is when, a recipe for, for right two, when two, you five. have a big question mark at quarterback yourself.
0: And I, and I think that it'll be imperative for the Steelers. You go back and look at 2018, I think Rilesberger led the NFL in passing attempts and yeah. then his arm fell off at the beginning of 2019. <laughs> so maybe ease back on the throws and, and, and run the football a little bit more. James Conner needs to have a good year, or uh, who else did they add? They have Benny Snell and then. My boy, Jalen Samuel.
1: Samuel, and they drafted Anthony McFarlane in a, in, on day three out of Maryland. He's a, somehow
0: not related to Booger.
1: <laughs> not even, he's a junior, too, which is a yeah, It's
0: insane. Uh, okay. Any, uh, anybody else we're sleeping on? Anybody else that you bandied about non-Chiefs and Ravens division?
1: Just for the purpose of hearing you say it, in terms of continuity, the, the Falcons have 11 former first-round picks on their team.
0: <laughs> but two of them are new, Laquan Treadwell and Todd Gurley. Don't know if you know that. Um, I would say, you know who I think qualifies? No, who? No, Debo, not the Eagles. The Buffalo Bills. Yeah, that's a good call. Yeah. Uh, Especially in a year where the Patriots are changing over. And the, like, the Patriots are going to be great because Cam's coming to town. But you know. um, I, I just think that the Bills have a great defense. Everybody's back from it. And their younger players are going to be getting better. And you got Josh Allen, and what is third year? They have a, lot of, a lot of consistency there.
1: You mentioned the Packers as potentially being under the radar continuous, uh, continuity. Um, they, they, the, the continuity's there, but they just didn't feel a whole bunch of needs ahead. So. Yeah, I don't,
2: I, well, we don't need to get deep into that because we're going to talk about them, uh.
1: Oh, they're in the, uh, the part, the second half. Okay.
0: Okay. Uh, Devo, did you, you raise your hand? He's
2: a rundown. It, My goodness. Trying to take. I would I would say the Eagles, the only team in the NFC East that have the
1: same coach as as last year, so it's not even as much about them, but about the other teams in the division. So I think they have definitely a leg up in terms of just a consistent coaching staff.
0: Counterpoint: The Giants added Jason Garrett. True. And Freddie Kitchens. They did. Why would you do that? Why (laughs) would you add Jason Garrett and Freddie? Like we're like Joe Judge. This guy worked with Bill Belichick and Nick Saban. He's got impeccable, um, you know, uh, you know, r- like a resume builder from from those guys. I mean, just recommendations through the roof, and he immediately hires Freddie Kitchens and, and Jason Garrett, who of course Jason Garrett was the OC with Nick Saban in Miami. People forget that, and uh, and then uh, Freddie Kitchens, I think, coached at Alabama he was like the tight ends coach or the running
1: backs coach for a while. He was a the quarterback there too back in the day.
0: That's right. Yeah, there you go. Imagine ready kitchens playing quarterback like the hefty righty r.i.p jared lorenzen
1: rest Um, all right let's take a break
0: let's take a break when we come back we'll tell you about teams that are missing consistency the perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived thanks to the visionary minds of new balance clutch athletics and rich paul the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community With rising defensive stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at NewBalance.com.
3: Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank.
0: may struggle, I firmly believe. I'm curious what you guys think, because I was debating doing a consistency rankings. Like, what would you, how would you weight it? When you're looking at these teams, like, what's the most important? Because for me, it's quarterback, offensive line, offensive coordinator, and head coach, because you're just not having to get on the same page. Um, Does that seem right to you all? Is defense factor in a lot? What what do you think? I think it starts with quarterback.
1: Uh, I mean, you had you mentioned why, you explained Philip Rivers and he has a connection to the head coach and the OC. Ben roethlisberger has been there forever. Um, Drew Brees has been there forever for Breaches, Breaches team. No one mentioned uh, the Buccaneers, even though they have Tom Brady and, and a very good, um, offense and a, and a very good defense. So yeah, I think it starts with the quarterback and the coach.
2: I, I mean, I kind of think that, but it's also the kind of system. That you're running. I didn't mention the Buccaneers because Brady's going into a brand new system in Tampa Bay, and you know it is Tom Brady, and we expect him to be good. But who knows how he's going to adjust and look in the first few weeks of the season? I think that's a big mystery. I'm actually surprised no one, none of us, mentioned the 49ers coming oh, off Super Bowl. Wow. With- that's
1: okay. That would have been helpful when oh, I said yeah. quarterback argument. Jimmy GQ. I have a big, big questions about Jimmy G.
2: Oh, yeah. But- well, that's a fair <laughs> reason not to mention them. Well, from a consistency standpoint, they're bringing everybody back.
1: Yeah, but would you feel better if Phil Rivers was a quarterback or Jimmy Garoppolo?
0: In, I would probably feel better with Jimmy Garoppolo in San Francisco, just
1: because he knows the system and he's running it. And yeah, have a healthy Cam Newton. I mean, I could go down the list. Jimmy G played fine at times, but he doesn't. I don't have an ACL injury. You know about that? It's tough to recover. <laughs> he had it at the beginning, of September twenty eighteen. Phil Rivers played through an ACL injury.
0: He did. He played in, against the Patriots.
1: But yeah is not be on the list. Although the the rest of the team around them, I get it. And I love the head coach. Yep. And okay. so talk
0: to me, Ryan, about a team that you think that will struggle because of consistency.
1: Oh, you let me go first. I love it.
2: First in the rundown. Well you went last. It's like it's reverse it's snake draft.
1: Oh, snake draft. Okay. I'm gonna go with and I think didn't Mike Zimmer just sign a huge contract extension? He did. He did. Well clearly the will still differently than I do. Um, I actually like the Vikings. But I'm going with the Vikings just because nothing to do with the offense, and Mike Zimmer's a defensive guy, so that's great news. Um, but their defense lost so many people. I, I just wonder how long, and Breach talked about this in the last segment, how long does it take for everyone to get on the same page if you haven't had time to work together in the playbook? And um, they had like something like 400 draft picks. Um, and I think they signed them all, which is great. Most of those guys on defense, Jeff Gladney, uh, Cameron Dansler, both cornerbacks, uh, Josh Medalis and Brian Cole are, are defensive backs. So they're going to have help on the back end um, to go along with Harrison Smith and Anthony Harris, who is franchised. But they do have some work to do up front um, with the pass rush. So, you know, we'll just see how that, that takes shape. I, I think the offense um, with uh, what's his name, Kirby Cousins, They'll be fine. Dalvin Cook will be there. Uh Stefan Diggs is gone, but they drafted Justin Jefferson. I think he'll he'll translate nicely and they drafted Ezra Cleveland around two to play off the tackle, which is where they need help. But I just wonder defensively, how long will it take for all those guys to come together on such a young team and how frustrated because you see Mike Zimmer get frustrated all the time? How much patience is he going to have with a bunch of twenty two year olds out there making mistakes? I think it's
0: a fair point. The 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 Vikings, I mean, you know, Stephon, I mean Stefan Diggs is a big loss. I know they got uh, the first-round pick back and picked up Justin Jefferson, but, again, I, I know we say pandemic offseason all the time. I just don't think it's going to be easy for a first-round rookie wide receiver to step in and be an impact guy like Diggs was. And so there's a ton of pressure on that. Like, what happens if Adam Thielen hurts his hamstring again this year? Yeah. all of a sudden you got – I mean, you're really thin at wide receiver where that was like a, a major strength before. It's not
1: nice start, but, I mean, come on.
0: I mean, Cook's been injury prone. So, you know, you have Alexander Madison back there, but Madison and, and Mike Boone were not exactly dynamic, uh, filling in when Cook was out last year. So I think, yeah, and I, I think there's some concerns. Now I will say that Gary Kubiak transitioning to OC where before he was just like an offensive analyst or something like that. He was basically the senior offensive personnel. He, he was telling, he was working with Kevin Stefanski. And Kevin Stefanski was running what Kubiak liked to run, so I don't think there's a huge transition there. Plus, Kirk Cousins, you know, came from Mike Shanahan's uh, scheme, and Kubiak was Shanahan, uh, one of Shanahan's top mentees. So I'm not really worried about that scheme. I think that's actually a, a little bit of a plus that you're not, you know, going and getting a like a totally different offensive coordinator. You're bringing in Gary Kubiak, but I, I agree. I think the Vikings are a good choice. Thank you.
2: I also agree. I just they do have a lot of holes on defense and you know, because Diggs is gone, we don't know what their offense is gonna complete. Obviously they have Cousins and, and Dalvin Cook, but the offensive line still isn't that great. And if your holes are hey, if your biggest question marks are we don't know what our defense is gonna look like and we don't know what we have in our offensive line and we don't know how this rookie wide receiver, if he's gonna how quickly he's gonna adjust the offense. That's a lot of question marks. Uh so yeah, I'm on the same page as you guys with this one.
1: So the only thing I would, I would counter with is I still feel like this team could win the division. But again, we seem to be down on the Packers more than most. I think the Packers are their biggest threat without question. But even if the Vikings start slowly, let's say the Vikings start 0 and 2. Yeah. What are the chances, Brinson? What are the odds that the, the Vikings could still win the division? Not knowing what the Packers do.
2: Uh, I think it's fine. I mean, 0%. Zero. Zero well, that's, that's not the right answer. Well, that's what I just gave it as the answer, so it is. That's just mathematically incorrect. Well, now you can record that one because if the Vikings start 0-2, they're not winning the division.
1: Wow, nice. Well, Even, you can
0: say they won't record the division all you want or they won't win the division all they all you want, but the, the answer at 0-2 is
1: not
2: 0%. I made it 0%. Did you I do the math two, in your head? I did. actually just way off and incorrect.
1: <laughs> all right, Br- uh, Brinson, you're up.
0: Um,
2: I think it technically breaches up. All right, I'll go. Well, I, it's funny that we're talking about the NFC North because so my
0: – And just to be clear, if the Vikings lose to the Packers in week one and then lose to the Colts, they'll be at 0% because the Packers are so good and not the team you're about to name next that could struggle because of a lack of continuity. That would be insane for you to do that.
2: Spoiler, my team is the Packers. We got to limit, Brinson, to one dunking per I know. show. I, don't, I, don't, I think the dunking has lost all meaning because Brinson just presses the button on a whim. That was a good dunk. That was not a good dunk. He was so I haven't even made a point about the Packers yet. So <laughs> how can dunk, you dunk A good on dunk me? or not a good dunk? This uh, is like you just dunked on – it's like dunking on a three-year-old and getting exciting.
1: That, yeah, that's that sounds not right. I, I hope that Debo – that's D- kind of dunk. I want to see the video clip of – Brentson celebrating the dunk because I think his toupee actually flew off a little bit. So, all right, go ahead and make your, see if you can defend that dunk breach.
2: Uh, well, I think my issues with the Packers are, look, yeah, are they bringing back Aaron Rodgers? Yes. Are they bringing back the same head coach that just led them to a 13 and three season? Yes. But I think the offense looked kind of incompetent last year. And so. I'm not convinced it's going to get any better. They haven't had any time to gel. They haven't had any time to improve. So I don't think that this is one team that is not going to be helped by the fact that you have the same quarterback and the same coach. I actually wouldn't be surprised to learn that Aaron Rodgers and Matt LaFleur don't really like each other. I think that there's going to be a lot of bad blood between Rodgers and the coaching staff in that front office because of the way the NFL draft shook out. I think Rodgers is going to welcome Jordan Love with open arms. Uh, but if they get into camp, and what if Jordan Love in training camp looks just as good is Aaron Rodgers, and mm-hmm. then Aaron Rodgers is still the starter because he's Aaron Rodgers, but then, uh, and here's where we go, Brinson talking about week one, if they go into week one and they beat the Vikings, I think that solves a lot of their problems because you beat your biggest division rival, uh, probably your the division rival probably is the best chance of winning the division besides you, and you beat them on the road in week one. I think that helps a lot, but if they go out there and lose... Uh, I think the wheels slowly start to fall off the wagon. They play the Lions week two. If the Packers start the season 0 and 2, I'm writing them off because I, I just think things are going to totally implode there. And then also, you know, they're replacing their right tackle. Again, there's just, there's all these small little things that I think are going to build up that make the Packers have a, a rough season, uh, for not continuity. And as I love to say, I predicted them to go to the NFC title game last year, yeah. not this year. Sorry, Green Bay.
1: And hey, let me ask a question to either of you. So they play, the Packers play in Minnesota week one, correct? Yeah. So let's say there are no fans in the stands. Packers win that game, and then whenever they they have the return game in Lambeau Field, what if by that time fans are allowed in the stadiums? Do you um, try to keep that from happening if you're the Vikings because of home field advantage? Now that you have 60,000 I ever any Lambeau Field holds, that's going to make it even that much more difficult for you to win. What do you do if you're, if you're the Vikings?
2: That's a crazy dynamic. Like that's kind of what Jonathan Jones was talking about with Prince not that exact situation, but there's going to be, there's a high chance there's going to be competitive disadvantages this year. But you know, the NFL is not going to turn down $5 million in gate revenue. So they're not going to tell if, if it is going to prove that fans can attend games by November 1st, which is when the return game at Lambeau Field is, if fans are allowed to attend, the NFL's not going to tell them not to attend because fans couldn't attend a week one in Minnesota. So that's absolutely a competitive disadvantage to that could potentially happen, Wilson. Look potentially. You. Fun um, fact, potentially.
0: John Brees has just declared that the week one game between the Vikings and the Packers is the end-all, be-all decider of – the NFC North, correct? Did, did that just happen?
2: I said 0-2 if either team starts 0-2. So at, that's half the games. If the, it, the loser of that loses the next week, they're not winning the division, Brinson.
0: So would you say that that is then a make-or-break game for both of those teams? Week 2 it is. Okay. Maybe. Because in your article that you posted today, you didn't list either the Week 1 or Week 2 games for the Vikings or Packers as the make-or-break uh, Because I game said day. they had
2: to start 0-2, so that would be 50% of a make-or-break game. So it wouldn't. oh It's not a make-or-break two games, Brinson. Did you not read
0: the headline? At the 49ers, don't even have the Vikings. And the week five at the Seahawks. Don't even list the rivalry games between the two teams for the make-or-break games. I just want to point out the wild and varied and questionable inconsistencies inconsistencies here, Breach. If you were as cognizant as you claim to be, you would know what you had in your article. You'd be able to say –
2: Man, I it, just told you, if it was the, called Make or Break First television. Weeks of the Season, that the would Person, be correct. Person, man, camera, television? Prince did you even read the story? Person, it?
1: woman, man, camera, TV. Come on. Brian, you are a genius. Thank you. What's your team? Uh,
0: I think I mentioned them already, um, which was, makes me not a genius. And is <laughs> Devo. uh, really rolling his eyes. I got the Titans. Uh, I know that Mike Frabel has had the 9-7 and seven the last uh, two years, and Arthur Smith did a fantastic job with the offense. But the two big things that I worry about a lot, one, Jack Conklin leaving a free agency. Now you go out and get um, the – oh, gosh, who's – is it? Isaiah Wilson. Isaiah Wilson. I was going to say Isaiah Wynn. I knew that wasn't right. Um, Isaiah Wilson out of Georgia who played – yeah, exactly. Who played right tackle at Georgia? Like, it's a good fill-in. I, it, I don't get me wrong. He played a run-heavy scheme all exclusively on the right side. If you're going to draft somebody to try and fill a spot, this is a perfect filler. But Jack Conklin is a really good offensive tackle, and so you're losing a All-Pro caliber, Pro Bowl caliber right tackle. In a, on a team that wants to run the football a ton. That's concerning to me. It's, again, difficult offseason to pick up a bunch of stuff. Um, you do have consistency at offensive coordinator, but the lack of defensive coordinator. Dean Pease did a great job with that team. They lured him out of retirement to come back and work with Vrabel, uh, and he he was fantastic. Now Vrabel's, like, you're adding a lot. Vrabel's going to call the plays, right? That's adding a lot to your plate to call defensive plays and to be the head coach if, if that's what he ends up doing. So that's a little bit concerning to me.
1: And plays the same division as a guy who's calls the plays on offense and is also the general manager. Sure.
0: And he, and he likes to put Deshaun Watson's body at risk 14 times a game by unnecessarily running in the red zone. Bill O'Brien. So I, I think when you look at that, plus expecting Derrick Henry, even with his new contract, to come back and be the same guy he was down the stretch last year, and expecting Ryan Tannehill with his new contract to be as efficient as he was, it's going to be really, really hard to be as consistent on offense for a full season as they were down the stretch last year. So I think we'll see a drop off defensively a little bit. I, I like the Titans, don't get me wrong, but I could just see some of the consistency issues here causing problems for Tennessee, and then, John, not going 9-7. and
2: Brent, that's funny because uh, earlier I don't have the recording, but I believe you said you want a quarterback returning, the coach returning, uh, and uh, maybe a lot of the starters. Check, check, and check. The Titans have all that, so I don't know how your non-continuity team. Did you not do your homework here? Just explained it. <laughs>
0: I, I, multiple people on this video demanded that I press the button, so I pressed the button. It's only fair to dunk on myself. Um, again, I just don't think Ryan Tannehill can be as good. I don't think he can do what he did down the stretch for a full season. I think it's asking too much. Henry was really only good down the stretch. He wasn't good early in the season. You, you know.
1: I agree with you about the concerns with the Titans. I know Breach feels uh, solidarity because he lives in Nashville, but I just, I, I like the Colts better.
2: Henry wasn't good early in the season because Marcus Mariota was the quarterback and Marcus Mariota wasn't good. So that once you had the combo of Tannehill and Derrick Henry, that's when things took off.
0: I mean, do you think that Ryan Tannehill will do exactly what he did down the stretch last year for the full season? No. Last year he completed 70.3% of his passes, 22 touchdowns, 6 interceptions. That's a 7.7 touchdown rate. It's, It's unsustainable. 9.6 yards per attempt. He led the league with 9.6 yards per attempt and 10.2 adjusted yards per attempt, as well as a 117.5 passer rating. His previous career high was a 93.5. I mean, there are a lot of things that would suggest that is an unsustainable performance by him, but we'll see. Yeah, I mean, sort of expecting retort there, but sure. Oh
2: well, granted, every number before that, Adam Gase was his coach. Like, what do you expect? He wasn't going to do anything good in Adam Gase's offense.
0: Was Mike Sherman his coach? No, Joe Philbin. I guess that's not a much better case.
2: He he just hasn't had. This is the best situation he's been in. And, no, the numbers you point out, this is like when we argued about the Bears defense regressing because it was so great, there's no way it could match that. Tannehill's not going to put up the numbers he put up last year. But even if he only regresses by 10%, this is still a good team.
0: That's a substantial lack of consistency. Then. All right, got to get out of here. Great show. Too many dunks. That's okay. We'll have some more dunks, I'm <laughs> sure, on Monday's show, on Monday Mailbag. Make sure to subscribe, rate, and review. Thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. Talk to you guys later.